You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Aloha, aloha. Welcome everybody to the Collective Cafe. It is 8.03 a.m. on Thursday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. The reason I was a little late today is I had to change the POAP when I realized it was May 4th. So we now have a Star Wars theme. <clears throat> the POAP will uh, be live from 8.58 to 9.28. And your code, I'll tell you now in advance, in case you have to leave early, Praxim, I know sometimes you need to leave early, is I am your father, with a capital I. I am your father. Did you know that? I'm your father. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. Um, you know, I was actually thinking that um, it, it's... I'm going to probably save this for another day. But I think sometimes when we are looking for use cases, sometimes we have to wait for the use case. And what I mean by that, it was just a thought I had this morning, which is like, you know, we started the Collective Cafe um, as a piece of utility, as a piece of functionality that would later roll out with Alpha Collective. Now next week, Alpha Collective launches with a an event in New York City, already on the roadmap, we are executing the morning coffee, the virtual coffee, something that actually, believe it or not, I actually started with Crayon. We called it Coffee with Crayon in Second Life, which we were doing uh, back in 2006, believe it or not. So already executing on our roadmap. From there came this um, idea of, of themes. So Thursday being a live book read, and from there came this idea of how do we then tie in the book reads to the show and ultimately to have the author with us. So today we're very <clears throat> we're very fortunate to have uh, Scott A. Martin, the author of Groundswell. Uh, we haven't discussed in advance whether he's going to read his own book or I'm going to read his book for him. Might be kind of um, a bit of a wild experience to hear somebody else reading his book. Um, also, the, the fact that this is now available as a podcast, it's fantastic because if you are an author, you can have an entire month dedicated to your book, number one. Number two, 
have it read and discussed. It's a podcast, so there's a tremendous amount of additional content uh, coming out as well. And then, you know, two things that I just thought of this morning, this concept of wait for the use case is is at the moment it's not a fee-based anything. Um, and, and why would it be? <clears throat> but it could very easily become a perk for members of Alpha Collective. So if you are an author and you are an Alpha Talk speaker or you are a member of Alpha Collective, your book can be featured. If not, it can't. Or if not, perhaps you can pay for it. So that's an interesting concept. But the other thing is the use of the POAP. So one thing that, and, and Scott, we haven't even discussed this before, but I was I sent you a text this morning <clears throat> just thinking that um, there could be interesting opportunities to now bring in your community into these weekly sessions and then be able to say to people at the end, those of you that have all four POAPs or three POAPs, you get X, you get Y, you get Z. <clears throat> So that could be an interesting thing. It could be if you have all of the POAPs, you get uh, a copy of the book. Or maybe if you've bought a copy of the book and you have the POAPs, you'll get a signed copy of the book. So there could be some interesting ways um, to actually leverage these sessions. And, and if you think about it, if you're an author and you don't, I mean, you do have a community. You do have a base. But if you are an author and you don't have a community, this is a pretty cool way to actually, you know, have this an entire month dedicated to your book, but not just to reading the book, discussing the book, um, and and some themes that come out of the book, and then obviously being able to use the POAP. So it's kind of exciting to think about how innovation evolves, and also just this idea of this concept of wait, wait for the use case. <coughs> All right, so um, let's start. So, Scott, I haven't spoken to you yet about maybe I'll just start for you. Uh, and if you feel like joining, discussing, reading, uh, you can do that. You can come up. Uh, one of the cool things is that um, if you are here today or if you're listening on the podcast or if you happen to pick up this after the fact is uh, Chapter 1 is available for you. Um, I've put that, it's actually in the cafe chat, ground swell free chapter. That's what I'm going to be reading from. I've sent it to my Kindle um, and I'm going to be uh, starting the live read. Um, and good morning, Bez. So we start off with a note from the author uh, that says, paddle out, aloha. I first want to thank you for picking up the book and taking the time to invest in looking at business differently. The tide is rising for forward-thinking founders, discerning entrepreneurs, and brave brands who desire sustainable growth marketing. The new approach I call ground swelling, a powerful yet currently unseen wave of elegant business growth, is actually not that new. I've just identified the patterns and modeled them into a framework that helps impact creators and entrepreneurs who crave building something that lasts. How to read this book. I encourage you to consider reading it once, uh, one of two ways. Uh, first of all, find a chapter or section that catches your eye and jump right in. I've broken them down into concepts that can stand on their own if you're looking for something specific. If you don't know, just open the book, use your intuition, like pulling a deck of cards, pick a page, make a note of the page and share in our community of other readers what ideas or synergies came up after reading and you can go to groundswelling.com. Read like you're starting a journey. This is the second way. Uh, read like you're starting a journey to thinking differently. Allow the book to be pondered and enjoy cover to cover. There are five sections, origins, build, give, grow, and transform. Origins is the, is the why and the backstory that gives the entire book context. It will help you understand the foundation as well as the changes affecting business that lead to the reference to Groundswell as a wave or a movement and its application to building a sustainable growth business. Build is where I explain the profound benefits of starting your process with strategic planning, active strategy, and building demand. Many will want to skip to the grow section, but without build, you have limited growth. Give is the secret source. It's the start to building momentum and generating initial growth to meet the changing business landscape. 
This section teaches how to shift from chasing attention to getting buy-in and meeting the evolving attitudes of your audience. Grow is likely the biggest reason you picked up this book. It's my hope that this section will be a reference guide you'll revisit and reread. Use it to hold your team or stakeholders to a new standard and to transform typical growth into transformative growth. And finally, transform explains the ultimate growth loop, how to go beyond loyalty and create exponential growth while decreasing energy and costs over time. This section covers the three phases of delivery to master groundswelling and transform your business growth. The common theme across each section is simply a journey toward business sovereignty, going from dependency on traditional costly marketing methods to independence and elegant growth. Now, I love these these ideas of independent growth as opposed to being, uh, this is, you know, uh, by the way, we have a little habit here, which is um, if I put a little bit of background music like this, uh, it's a way of you knowing that this is me, Joseph, talking and I'm not reading the book anymore. So personally, um, I love this concept of uh, dependency, right? Going from being codependent right or which is which is kind of you know this interdependency but codependency is the bad kind you want to go from being dependent to independent you want to make sure that you make the right decisions for the right reasons and also this idea of independence and elegant growth what is elegant growth i'm sure we're going to find out maybe scott will tell us a little bit later the the other thing that i just wanted to say is uh, scott and i've recorded uh, an episode of the show and during the month of May, I will release that show with uh, 10 takeaways, um, with, um, with little sound clips, with audio clips, with video clips, um, and uh, show notes. And so you'll be able to kind of get that um, extra uh, talk track, if you will. All right, who's ready for Origins? Um, we start off with this idea of waves of hidden potential. Um, And there's a quote from Jack O'Neill, inventor of the wetsuit. I'm just a surfer who wanted to build something that would allow me to surf longer. I'm just a surfer who wanted to build something that would allow me to surf longer. It's a great quote. I like it already. Um, We can discuss maybe that quote a little bit longer, but it already gives me ideas. Surfers, like entrepreneurs, are passionate about catching their next dream wave. And entrepreneurs, like surfers, possess a clear vision of the future they seek. But they're often at the mercy of the environment when it comes to bringing that vision to fruition. We know we want to ride a wave, but the waves are hard to catch and can be temperamental. In surfing, the most common of these temperamental waves are called wind swells. Generated by nearby storms, wind swells are thickler and less powerful than the waves called ground swells. As a surfer, you typically ride wind swells and waves that are coming from several directions and tempo and length can be fragmented. The more desirable waves, called ground swells, are bigger swells from a larger storm farther away. These waves are generated by distant storms, with enough force to penetrate to the ocean floor. The initial result of storms is a chaotic spectacle of waves flowing out from the epicenter in every direction across the ocean. As they move, groundswell waves combine their energy and transform into unified lines, flowing forward like a parade of well-trained foot soldiers marching in the same direction. From above, their long, clean, parallel lines resembling an old pair of corduroys until they finally reach the shallowing ocean floor, breaking their smooth tops into beautiful white crests. Each crest of a groundswell outlasts that of a windswell, and when it finally touches down in the impact zone, the spectacle isn't over. Row after row of beautiful lines move toward shore, changing into cresting waves and seemingly endlessly transforming into breaking waves. And there's a beautiful image um, of, uh, of this. And uh, what I will do is I will take a photo of it and maybe upload it into uh, the cafe chat when I have uh, a moment. Um, I'm taking this as an opportunity. I think you can figure out that this is, you know, Jaffe talking. Um, 
I, I, I always thought, by the way, waves were like the whole thing with waves was regulated by the moon and the tides were regulated by the moon. And I didn't actually realize that waves themselves, if I'm reading this correctly, that waves are actually a result of a storm, uh, storms that are out at sea. Um, if this is the case, this is a beautiful concept that from the chaos and the trauma and the, you know, the volatility you know, and uh, of of a storm comes a wave, and we know that ultimately. And you know, Scott, I know you've come up that we need waves, right? We need the regulation of those tides and those waves. It's kind of like without this, there's there's something cool going on with respect. Going back to the moon, that kind of regulates that we don't see tidal waves like crushing us and and destroying us. So like, and 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 then there's this whole concept of symmetry, and we discussed this on the show. So I love this this start already. You know, the comparison of an entrepreneur to a surfer, uh, th- this idea of symmetry and patterns, um, it's, it's very rich already. And it's beautiful. And it's, uh, actually, kudos to you, Scott. It's very well written uh, from what I've read so far. But wel- welcome. Let's see. Hopefully, your sound is working. Can you hear me now? Yes, thank God. Welcome. Um, I've never heard my book read to me. And you make it sound so much better than I read it or thought I wrote it, to be honest with you. It's your accent. Yeah, it's the well accent. But, yeah, like a school teacher accent. It's amazing. Um, yeah, thank you so much for reading this and thank you for everyone that's listening. Um, happy to answer any questions you have. I'm, it's quite early in the morning here for me, but <clears throat> yeah, the I think the story of the waves and I kind of weave it throughout is an incredible metaphor for um, creating massive impact. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, when they're thinking of, of business, uh, they sometimes don't look to nature. And I just view nature as one of the, one of just the greatest teachers for uh, sustainable growth. And this book is really about sustainable growth marketing and waves are when you, you know, kind of get further into the book, I think you're going to see why use the wave as a metaphor. It's just, it's a perfect story for people that are looking to make an impact and create exponential growth and and create literally a groundswell, not just the groundswell from the wave, but uh, an uprising, a change to transform the world. I love it. And and I even love the quote at the beginning that actually just says like, hey, listen, I'm not like, you know, this insanely, you know, visionary, you know, like I'm just a surfer that actually wanted to stay in the water a little longer. Um, we often think about inventions and innovation from, you know, these periods of, um, you know, we of like, you know, massive upheaval and whatever. Um, but we talk about things like curiosity and frustration. You know, I could never get a cab or a car when I needed one, so I started Uber. Um, but in this case, it can just be like the most simple and, and elegant, I'll use that word, uh, insight, which is, hey, I just wanted to stay. I just love surfing and I wanted to figure out how to stay in the water a little bit longer and and the wetsuit is born. Um, it's it's another way of looking at entrepreneurship um, that comes down to you know to passion to living your trade your practice. So it's a beautiful quote. It's very uh, it's very observant of you to mention that because that's why I chose that quote. Jack O'Neill is one of my heroes. Him same with Jack Cousteau, um, and the fact that he started a business of such magnitude from something he loved is um i think one of the purest examples of building a groundswell um, when it's something that's built on passion or deep purpose well we're gonna i'm glad you're up and and by the way feel free to also enjoy listening listening to the read you know as i said um uh, for those of you that arrived a little late, there was a, a really. I would encourage you to go back and just listen to the like prelude, which is almost this idea of this concept, which we'll discuss another time of waiting for the use case. We've we've created a use case here, a beautiful use case, whether it's for Alpha Collective or for me or for you, um, which is this idea of of dedicating an entire month to an author, um, but not just you know, and recognizing that regardless of who's in here at the time live. There are this author now has access to essentially a talk track of to their book, a discussion, uh, additional content. It could be a way to monetize uh, for any entrepreneur, for any content creator like myself. It could be a really great benefit. 
to to Alpha Collective members, um, and 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 so and we have a po, you know we could leverage the POAPs, which by the way, and this is just my way of saying it is May the fourth. May the fourth be with you um, at eight fifty eight to nine twenty eight. You can access that POAP, and the the secret word is I am your father. Four words with a capital I. Um, so we're going to continue with the book. Uh, good morning, influencer, and Bruce. If I didn't say hello to you, and Billy. Uh, Christopher, um, and the other thing it was going to be really interesting because it's not just on Scott, right, and his community. It's on me. It's on all of us, which is can we create a groundswell of sorts that by the end of this, you know, at the end of May, we have 15, 20, 30, 40 people in depending on if there's an incentive, but you don't need an incentive. It's, an, it's a magic opportunity to hang out with the author, um, and be able to read the book. It's a magic opportunity for me to to be able to, it's a privilege to be able to do this. It's a magic opportunity for Scott to hear his book read. And it's a magic opportunity for anyone in the audience or listening on the podcast to actually hear this kind of access and interaction. So um, let's uh, let's continue. Uh, now this is, this is, you know, <laughs> this is Scott. This is Scott's writing, but me talking. So... I had the chance to meet over Zoom with the amazing Susan Casey, author of The Wave, In Pursuit of the Rogues, Freaks, and Giants of the Ocean. And afterwards, she shared with me her definition of groundswell. A groundswell is born from the ocean's energy, and it reaches far and deep. It's a steamrolling lump of power that's destined to travel, and along the way, it organizes itself. It is steady and inexorable, it can be counted on to deliver upon its promise. These legendary waves are surfers' dream, and to experience them requires lucky timing. It's difficult to predict when a groundswell will take place. The famous instinct ad from the 1980s captures the longing of a surfer's heart. Waiting for waves is okay. Most people spend their lives waiting for nothing. I had the extraordinary opportunity to interview the founder of Instinct, world champion surfer Sean Thompson, on my podcast. He shared that this brand campaign was aimed to be authentic, with his marketing creating a connection to surfers based on a deep understanding of their intimate relationship to surfing and the waves. In the past, our longing for waves could only be fulfilled by waiting sometimes paddling out in flat surf in hopes that a sneaker wave would roll in or endlessly staring at the horizon. If you live where the water is cold, like it is in most great surf destinations, waiting for waves can be very chilly. I can't imagine surfing for any length of time, let alone paddling out prior to the invention of the wetsuit. It must have been the ultimate frustration to go into freezing water or worse, to watch waves roll in unridden due to the water temperature. But lucky for us all, the world has changed. When avid surfer Jack O'Neill invented the neoprene wetsuit that allowed him to surf during the cold California winters, he had set out to create something useful for himself, to scratch his own itch, so to speak. But he accomplished so much more. He created meaning and fulfillment for his entire surfing community, which gave him the freedom to follow his dreams and transform the surfing world forever. Over the years, as progress allowed for the modernization of travel, forecasting tools, and on-demand technology, surfers gained more agency than ever before. We no longer had to wait and hope for more waves or warmer water or even wait for the mystical groundswell to appear. Instead, we could identify, scout, and pinpoint groundswell's origins in the vast ocean see them coming, we could travel and meet them. It doesn't stop there. Now the world has changed again, and surfers no longer have to wait for waves at all. We can create our own. In 2017, world champion surfer Kelly Slater joined Adam Fincham, surfer and engineering specialist in geophysical fluid dynamics, and a team from USC Viterbi School of Engineering, to launch a feasibility study for a surf pool that would create perfect waves a surfer could ride indefinitely. Fast forward to 2020, using the science of waves, Kelly Slater's Surf Ranch is the world's most advanced wave generator wave pool. It manufactures waves that mimic those of a perfect never-ending groundswell, 
Not only are they considered physically perfect, but these waves will also soon be made with fully sustainable energy by harnessing solar power. After his first ride on one of Kelly's waves, surfing legend Jerry Lopez said, That's the future, bro. The longing of the surfer is the same as the longing of the entrepreneur, to paddle into a wave of our dreams. And for me, both surf and entrepreneur, seeing the resounding impact of the passionate focus of Jack and those who followed in his footsteps, changed the way I look at entrepreneurship and marketing forever. Now, I just want to say something. Uh, First of all, Scott, I don't know if you know, uh, but I interviewed Sean Thompson very early in in the... um, in, in the process of launching my talk show. Did you know that? Have you heard the interview? No, I haven't actually. So Sean is South African and um, you obviously know the tragedy that happened to him with his son. I do, yeah. Yeah, he spoke about it. Um, I actually read a poem um, that um, it was it was just, uh, I, I'll, I'll share the link. Um, but yeah, I had him on the show. Um, amazing that that you've you've spoken with him. What a what a kind, wonderful, caring man. Um, you know the the thing that popped up. Um, and good morning to Jensa. Um, the thing that popped up for me as I was reading that was this idea of I, all I could think of for some, for some funny reason was Chat GPT. All I could think of was this idea of creating this. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to say this enactment or this like trying to f- like like is it faking it? Is it is this progress? Like, what do the purists think? I just I just had lots of thoughts in terms of this idea of like I guess there is something magical about the the unpredictability, the randomness, the sometimes it's like going fishing, right? If you can, if it becomes so scientific, and it is kind of. I mean, when you go out on a boat. There are all these apps. You can look at Sona. You can you, you can cheat in a way. Is it cheating to be able to you know become so scientific that the you know the the magic of that that freak wave you know not a freak wave maybe in terms of a tidal wave but that perfect wave you know in search of the perfect wave. I wonder what you think about that. Well, think of the human need. <clears throat> If you have, um, say you say you, you have, um, your favorite meal is a steak and you have it every single day. At some point, you're probably not going to love that steak. You're going to desire something else, right? Yeah. Is it fair to say that, that you could get satiated with something, right? So I think so. You know, the idea it's the human basic human need is the need for certainty. That's one, which is actually great because you could have certainty using these GPS apps and finding a, a wave. And there's another human need called variety, right? We Our desire for variety, we want to have things change. So I think there's room for both. I think that's just part of the human need, right? The, the six human needs, certainty, uncertainty. Um, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting them right now. <laughs> I should know these off the top of my head. So, anyways, those are the two that that specifically yeah, pertain to this conversation. Did I mention there'd be a test? Um, no, uh, so, it's too early for a test. I haven't had coffee yet, so I, I have my vir- well. This no is coffee, vir- no test. This is vir- yeah, this is virtual coffee. So I just put the um, the actual link to the show um, up um, in the in the cafe chat, and uh, at the time I was using my green screen the whole time, so. I actually have the Gunston 500 behind me. So I'm sure you know what the Gunston 500 is. Yeah, is that a surf, a surf contest? A huge one in South Africa. Yeah, a huge one. Oh, yeah. um, and I've actually also had, um, uh, it's, um, uh, I've, I've also had Oscar Chalipsky on my show. He's, a, he's a, I think he won the Molokai in Hawaii, which is the the longest or maybe the most famous, um, you know, open water. I think it's like fifty six kilometers um, in a kayak, and he won that the Molokai like eleven times in a row. So there've been some amazing South African uh, water athletes, shall we say? Um, but um, that that was also an amazing, amazing uh, show. And uh, Oscar's been battling. Um, cancer for several years 
Um, but uh, it was just it was, it was a magic conversation. But let's let's continue. I uh, hope everyone is enjoying this. I certainly am. Um, and we're gonna now get to um, a, a little section that says the big O. My unique story began literally at birth. I was adopted. My loving adoptive parents jokingly said to me that I was literally picked, unlike my other four siblings. As a middle child, it's clear my primary motivator was, how do I stand out and make a difference? In retrospect, it's no surprise that I landed in marketing or that my connection to marketing came from my love of surfing, despite growing up in landlocked, uh, landlocked in Canada. My first trip to the ocean was when I was around four years old. My parents had taken us to Hawaii. I remember the smell of coconut, the salty taste of the sea, the roll of the waves at my feet, and just feeling awestruck. When I was nine, my entrepreneurial parents left the trappings of an indoor pool and ranch in Canada to volunteer around the world. Our first move was to Southern California, where my introduction to the power of connecting brand and belonging came from surf and skate culture. Our house was near a local skate park called The Big O, which was down the street from the original Vans shoe shop, where you could get your your shoes custom made to order. It was the coolest. On my 10th birthday, a friend gave me a t-shirt from The Big O. It became the most worn shirt in my personal history, infamous for its holes. I wore it until it literally disintegrated. I've been there too. Uh, It was so much more than a shirt. Why? It was different than my van shoes. Ops shorts, op shorts, and lightning bolt tees. The big O shirt was more authentic, real to me, local to me, like I was part of an inner circle. My lightning bolt. Then, when I was 11, we moved to the Philippines so my parents could volunteer on a more permanent basis. My little brother and I had the ultimate jungle story adventures, complete with a pet monkey named Chico. I actually know all of these things about you, Scott, because we discussed them on the show. Um, I'd pour over the surfer magazines I'd bought with me, uh, but I'd yet to stand up on a board myself. After living there for some time, we got the chance to spend a week at the ocean. I was incredibly excited. My father and I built a wooden hollow surfboard painted completely red and decorated with a big yellow lightning bolt, just like the board in pictures of the amazing Hawaiian surfer Jerry Lopez dropping into North Shore's pipeline. We moved back to Canada when I was in junior high. I faithfully wore my Vans, Hawaiian shirts and surfwear, which made me stand out like a palm tree in an igloo. The hockey players and headbangers harassed me, but a small group of the most attractive girls in school gave me the opposite attention. Not such a bad trade. I became obsessed with my dream to move to the North Shore to surf and windsurf, so much so that I spent most of my class time in high school doodling drawings of waves. When I could finally drive, my buddy Jamie and I would skip class and load up my VW van with windsurfing gear and head out to the local lake. I ended up short by one credit and didn't finish high school, but I did save enough money to move to the north shore of Maui shortly after my would-be graduation. I lived there for over a year, surfing and windsurfing to my heart's content. It was everything I thought it would be for a while. Eventually, I became weary of being a Canadian working under the table. Though I was rich with the surfing lifestyle, I was relatively broke financially. Even after I returned to Calgary, my longing for the ocean was so strong that I would travel back to Maui and spend winter with the waves. And now we get to a section called Embarking on Entrepreneurship. Scott, I had no idea that you didn't finish high school. Donald Rappen. I had, I, honestly, I could, I could have given no, uh, two shits about high school. I was like... Skipping class and going to the lake surfing, windsurfing, I should say. Did you ever finish? Did you ever go back and finish? No, not at all. Uh, so, my friend, you are what we call in the classics street smarts. Um, that's a uh, that's that that's another fun fact about you. Um, all right, so now we're at a section called embarking on entrepreneurship. 
And the word entrepreneurship is actually written, uh, entrepreneur is written above uh, the image of a ship. So I never thought about that, right? Entrepreneurship. Um, Throughout my entire journey, I'd started a multitude of little businesses, stoking the fires of my entrepreneurial heart. Van's shoe shop led to my obsession with personalization technologies and mass customization of goods, as well as marketing and branding. The big O t-shirt was branded in my mind and the first of many experiences that connected me to the power of being part of something that was bigger than just commerce. Along with spending as many hours as I could in the ocean, my other constant pursuit was reading as much as possible. Anything and everything I could get my hands on about business and marketing. By the time I was in my early 20s, I was smack dab at the forefront of the internet's growth and got to put my knowledge to good use. I was fortunate enough to land a job with a fast-growing startup selling websites. I impressed the CEO, Cameron Chell, who was also a venture capitalist, and he funded and mentored me as the founder and CEO of a new internet startup called NextClick, the personalization agency. During this burgeoning growth period of the internet and digital marketing lightning struck, I got a front row seat and was flat out obsessed with learning about how personalization and one-to-one strategies could humanize marketing, simultaneously lowering costs and increasing sales and loyalty. Let me take one step back and share how my lightning bolt moment came on one meaningful, sublime and fateful day. Now, Scott, this is very interesting to me because it's clear that everything that has happened to you happened for you. It's clear from the lightning bolt on the, you know, on the board, on the, on the surfboard that, that, you know, you almost kind of stumbled your way. It almost seems, it almost seems just luck, but it isn't luck at all. You know, it's, it's basically just pursuing your passions, pursuing your dreams, being curious, you know, and uh, I mean, the, pers- the this, this passion for personalization um, came from the big O, right? And just, and came from Vans. I mean, the authenticity came from the big O. The personalization came from Vans. Both of them came from you just wanting to to surf, much like Jack just wanted to stay in the water longer. So it's amazing seeing your kind of genesis and almost like in a way, like like we started out today talking about waiting for the use case. In a way, you just kind of like, you know, from a timing standpoint, you didn't you didn't chase the revolution. You didn't chase personalization. You didn't chase digital. You just, you know, kind of were hanging out in the waters of digital or, or in the waters of, you know, marketing and, and personalization, that groundswell came along. So I'm trying to like kind of stitch together, but that's what jumps out of me there. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's an accurate depiction. Um, you know, like the personalization of the bands is so cool. You could just customize your own shoes, which ironically Later on in my career, I ended up working with Nike ID, where you can customize shoes when I worked with Critical Mass, which I was just completely enamored with. Um, you know, as you read on, sort of the my 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 interest in personalization is just it's just based on this like wonderment of wouldn't it be amazing if everybody got exactly what they really wanted? Yeah, why not? I mean, it almost sounds like a crazy thought, right? Wouldn't it be great if we actually all got exactly what we wanted? Well, we can. I mean, and and you know, the concept of mass customization is is you know something that we've been hearing from the dawn of digital and 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 delivering to a degree like personalization. Um, I I, um, I personalized my Nikes, my Nike IDs when I ran uh, the first New York Marathon, and I put the uh, the initials. Uh, of my of my wife and kids on my two shoes on the on the left and right, um, which was which was amazing. Um, of course, there's that classic example um, of some smart ass that basically put sweat on the one and shop on the other. So you had sweat shop and Nike kind of uh, did not approve that. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" Obviously, they were kind of you know there was a dig to like the sweatshops, the Vietnamese you know sweatshops, but they were just saying, but my Nike, you know, running shoes. I am a sweatshop. I, you know, that's. But anyway, um, there was an there was an interesting little kerfuffle back in the in the days of writing. Join the conversation. Um, hello to to Peggy and Peggy. I think you're New York based. 
Um, you should uh, come to the launch of Alpha Collective next week. Um, like DM me. Um, I know uh, Will's coming um, and uh, Manny might be coming. So um, anyone who, who's in New York next week, uh, May 10th, come and hang out with us. Let me know if you're going to be in town. All right. So it is uh, 8.40. By the way, if anyone wants to uh, come up at any point and anything is, you know, you've got any questions, comments, inspired by, um, you know, uh, you've got the author here and, and hopefully Scott, you'll be able to attend, uh, throughout the month. We can, we'll, we'll, you know, talk, uh, we'll talk offline as well, because I think the POAP could be an interesting way to, uh, to really leverage, um, and, and grow this. It's amazing, you know, to have, we've got, you know, to have everyone that we have now and just be on this ride because it is a journey, together. Uh, I just hope I don't run out of chapter one. Um, so I might have to, uh, I'm holding out on my signed copy of the book. I will own all the poems. I mean, I will mint all the poems um, because, you know, I love to mint my own poems. Um, all right. So this is called Ma- Making Personal Impact. Um, and um, there is an image of a wheel, you know, like one of those, uh, a ship's wheel. Um, and it says, Captains of Impact. And, and this, by the way, just for those of you, um, I'm going to just go back. Uh, um, let me take one step back and share how my lightning bolt moment came on one meaningful, sublime, and fateful day. One day, my entire outlook on business changed forever. I met Joseph Jaffe. No, it doesn't say that. Let me start again. Uh, one day, my entire outlook on business changed forever. I went to an event where a speaker named Don Peppers was keynoting and sharing the insights from a just-released book he'd co-authored with Dr. Martha Rogers, Enterprise One-to-One. He shared the impacts of personalization and how you can build an unparalleled experience with these technologies and strategies. The lightning strike of ideas and possibilities had me running up to meet Don and have him sign my book. I don't remember what I said or even what he said, but I know how I felt. Stoked. There was a new deep knowledge in me that this was going to change how brands market and I could be part of it. This knowledge led to an obsession with learning, reading, anything I could get my hands on about the topic, which included a book by my other mentor, Joe Pine, called Mass Customization. Both Joe and Don shaped the trajectory of my entire career in marketing, I co-founded the Personalization Consortium with Don and Dr. Martha Rogers, aiming at furthering innovation in the industry while self-regulating with standards aimed at ethical information management around personally identifiable details. We had an impressive board of directors from American Airlines, KPMG, Price Wardhouse Coopers, DoubleClick United Airlines, and many others. Both Don and Martha were leading the industry with making impact personal and with good ethics. I was just grateful that they collaborated on the vision. It was during this time that I met Bruce Kasanoff and was honored to be asked to write a comment for his book, Making It Personal, How to Profit from Personalization Without Invading Privacy. I deeply admire Bruce Kasanoff and his poignant perspective about business, The only way to do great business is by building connections and relationships with our fellow humans. He advocates for looking at people, customers, clients, employees as humans first. This stands in stark contrast to the mainstream marketing landscape that turns people into targets. Instead, to grow your business well, you must embrace radical empathy for your fellow humans. Design your business to be human and treat others as human first and foremost. Because only when business when, when business and growth are intertwined with personal purpose can it be truly meaningful, a critical measure of success. Groundswells are all about being a force for good. Principles like radical empathy, deeper relationships, and commitment to helping others move, change, and transform are the bedrocks of this sustainable growth model. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Read on. I've had the immense privilege of sitting down with the aforementioned top minds in business, as well as many others, to talk about the incoming next wave of business and marketing strategies for brands of impact. My guests are amazingly generous with their unique points of view on my central topic, sustainable growth marketing. And uh, uh, 
Scott and I discussed this whole concept of sustainable growth marketing on the show. We also um, juxtaposed it with this idea of growth, the concept of, of growth hacking. You know, are they different? Are they aligned? Are they intertwined? How do we reconcile them? Um, I also... Um, I've had Joe Pine on on the show as well, and just what an amazing of um, you know I he got my attention with the experience economy and this whole idea of you know uh, time well spent versus time well saved and what constitutes an experience versus just a moment. Um, see, I see you've come off mute, Scott. Oh yeah, Joe Pine. If you don't haven't read anything by these guys, go grab it. Uh, I actually got certified in experiential design. Uh, with him and, and Jim Gilmore. And um, actually, the history goes deeper with Joe Pine. I, I went on Amazon. I wrote his very first review of mass customization. And back then, it was different. Um, you actually could email the author directly on the platform. And he emailed me and thanked me. And um, and that's what started the, a dialogue with him. And, um, you know, we've maintained contact over the years, uh, even golfing with them once in, in Las Vegas. But I think Time Magazine, I think the year that they came out with the experience economy, it was like one of the top 10 concepts of, of the year or whatever. And um, profound book. And he updated his book, The Experience Economy, to include um, the next stage of experiences, which is guiding transformations. And um, and which totally aligns with uh, my build give grow transform so i was like quite elated when uh, when i saw that progression i was like oh wow uh, i'm in lockstep with uh, my mentor and i was just kind of blown away there were a few um there were a few things on the show with him that i remember that i've just completely internalized and i've just uh, posted that uh, episode of the show also um in the cafe chat it's amazing when i go back and i think about all the people that have been on my show and all these conversations. It's another part to also remember what sticks. So there are three things that I remember on the show. One was this idea of time well spent versus time well saved. The other one is that the definition of an experience or something that is experiential is something that has a memory. If you don't have a memory of it, it's not an experience, right? If you, if you, if it's not something that you, that sticks with you. When someone said I had a great experience, you know, one of the things funny, the W hotels will say, you know, how was your experience or did you have a good experience here? Yeah. I mean, they use that word and it's, it should be like, that's presumptuous, um, you know, because the only, the only way for that to be true is that I either had a great experience or a bad or terrible experience. But if it was completely uneventful, it really wasn't an experience. It was a transaction. And then the third was he tells the story of Walt Disney um, and how Walt Disney kind of measured um, you know, happiness and satisfaction and ultimately the, the Disney experience. And what he used to do is he used to walk into the park when everyone was walking out the park at the time of closing. And all he did was look at people's faces. And so he looked at their smiles. And it was kind of like an ROS, return on smiles. That's how he very uns- unscientifically and, and essentially anecdotally measured whether he was doing a good job not surveys not focus groups uh, but just you know kind of uh, walking against the, the the wave right the current of people leaving the park and just looking at whether they were like you know frustrated moms and angry and kids crying versus just people that had a great day um, so it was very um, impactful for me um, Scott I'm also going to I definitely feel uh, if you want to make an introduction I would um, you know I should get Bruce on the show and uh, and definitely, I can't believe I've never had. Um, I've met both before, Don and Martha. Obviously, I mean, we've spoken at many events together. Um, I don't know if that you know if they if you know if we'd if they'd remember me or if even you know like I mean it was just very um, uh, superficial, just the connect. Um, but certainly, they've been so influential. Um, so I think I should get them on the show, no doubt. Um, do you want to chat just just briefly? It's eight forty nine um, about defining this concept of sustainable growth marketing um and 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 because this is literally you know the this is the 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 wheelhouse right this is the epicenter that you're building your foundation and platform around yeah it's been it's been the 
think of like I think someone told me once, I don't know, a long time ago, it's like if you want to do something important, solve something that can't be solved. And for me, I've been spending I spent probably a decade being a growth hacker, even though I, before it was even called that, where I was like really looking for these like profound shortcuts to growth. And um, in my journey of doing that, um, I learned a lot of lessons. And, and one of the main lessons was it's not sustainable. Um, it's quite exhausting. And often it actually created more damage. And it created an initial fall, a false positive. Uh, there'd be an uptake, there'd be capital that would move in that direction, and then it couldn't be sustained. Um, and so I was like, you know, what if what if growth could just never stop? What would it take? And so that's what started my journey of really thinking. I think it was like twelve years ago when I started going. I want to, I want to, I want to figure out if that like could we could there one day be this sustainable growth where it just continues on itself and it just it grows. There's like there must be patterns for that. So that was just really my first uh, thought. So I just became obsessed with it and started looking for patterns. So pattern, you know, first you identify patterns, then you differentiate patterns, then ultimately you create patterns. This is sort of the three stages. So I was really just spent a decade just identifying those patterns and testing and trying stuff. And what I identified was there were other forms of sustainable growth marketing. In fact, I um, clearly outlined in my book that Sustainable growth marketing as a concept, groundswelling is just one of them. I believe there'll be other models, no different than there's multiple ways to talk to a, an audience, right? Like there's different methods. Uh, so my groundswelling is a purpose-driven, purpose-centric um, groundswell or, or sustainable growth model. Growth hacking, not um, what people think of growth hacking. There's actually called a book called Hacking Growth by uh, Sean Ellis, who wrote a forward in my book. Um, unfortunately, he can kind of get sort of in this sort of mismatch of, of what people call hack, ha growth hacks uh, or we'll call them hacktics, where you're chasing just individual tactics uh, for acceleration. What he, uh, in his book, he summarized, which is product-centric, is innovation based on product and having the product be the marketing. So he's renowned for uh, basically changing the business model of, of Dropbox, removing marketing and basically giving storage uh, and the gift of storage uh, as one of the first freemium models back in the day, which is now kind of like commonplace. That's a, a more of a product-centric uh, view of, of what creates sustainable growth. And then there's classic, which is word of mouth. Uh, it's been around for a long time, right? Like word of mouth, people know that word of mouth is very sustainable, uh, but that's very people-centric. So there needs to be, um, there still needs to be some level of energy to maintain that uh word of mouth but if your reputation with your product your business uh is there then it'll kind of continue so i think there'll be other models so i kind of view the world of sustainable growth marketing as this vision of how can i grow in a way that allows me to have less economic waste or less energy over time and create sustainable incremental and eventually uh, exponential growth that's what i define as sustainable growth marketing now, I've just realized that um, <clears throat> I will get to the end of my free chapter probably next week, and we will discuss uh, hectics, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and buy um, the Kindle version because uh, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying reading it off my Kindle scribe, uh, but I am waiting for my signed copy uh, from you, Scott, and maybe, we'll, uh, maybe people that are in the audience, um, it would be... Um, well, we'll have a chat this week. It'd be great for you, you know, should you want to support Scott uh, and buy this book and you're enjoying um, the, what we've been reading so far. You know, this is completely, by the way, organic. Like there's no, you know, <laughs> this is just, uh, it's just a cool, I just, you know, I know Scott and and, and enjoyed chatting with him. I got to meet him, uh, getting to know him and there's absolutely no transaction whatsoever but i think it'd be kind of cool for people in the audience not only to buy the book but actually you know if you've got the book you can even come up and read it too you know it doesn't have to be me um if somebody wants to like take the stage next week and and do some of the reading it, it just makes it uh, just different voices it's very very cool uh it, it could be uh very very cool um so um just just wanted wanted you to consider that um and uh, I'm going to finish 
I'm going to finish just, uh, there's just one, uh, one page left. Um, so uh, this is called, um, so we're going to go back to, these captains of industry have been charting the choppy waters of a rapidly dynamic and sometimes inclement environment and directly leading the way for brands to market ethically and effectively. You are here to uncover the unseen so you can build better, faster, and more, uh, and more meaningfully. So this little section is called Ambitiously Lazy. And of course, in our sessions, we had this whole great conversation, which I called the lure of laziness, you know, which is like, are we becoming like kind of like numb because of like the chat GPTs of the world? It's like using ways and forgetting how to drive or forgetting, you know, losing our sense of direction because we're becoming too reliant. Um, It's my hope that you'll connect with me and recognize there's a more elegant way to do business, a way that is meaningful, sustainable and makes a positive impact. This has been a personal obsession, how to sustainably build and grow a brand of impact and keep customers coming back. I've developed a personal philosophy that has led to a way of thinking I call being ambitiously lazy. Translation, how can I essentially do more with less? This book is, at its essence, about how you can exponentially grow sustainably with less costs or effort over time while also making a positive impact on humans and the world we live in. My obsession with applying this approach began when I launched my first marketing agency and has continued to this day. I worked for over 25 years in branding, marketing, and strategy with national brands like Best Buy, Detroit Pistons, WestJet, Travel Alberta, Calgary Flames, Forzani Group, Hudson's Bay Company, and many more. I then shifted in the last decade to a narrow focus on brands of impact, working with founders, creators, and marketers who are looking for uncommon results but still using common sense. This is how I started seeing patterns in my own experience and identifying patterns in other brands around sustainable business growth. My mission is to help other entrepreneurs unlock this unique hidden potential within their business, and I've written this book just for us. I like this idea. That's that's the end of the live read for today, but I love this idea of looking for uncommon results but still using common sense. It's a nice juxtaposition, which I think is a beautiful close to the surfer analogy, right? It's like it's like sometimes we tend to maybe overthink or overcomplicate or, you know, we're, we're we, like you never want to try so hard um, that you um, – it's like being overtired, right, Scott? Like if you're so tired, like so overtired, it's actually hard to fall asleep. So sometimes when we force – innovation or creativity or change it doesn't happen sometimes it just has to be like truly natural and it goes back to the very nat you know the 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 naturalness of nature intention intention is a biggest driver of possibility the unseen wave of unlocking the world if you're a person of faith if you're a person that uh believes that life's happening for you and if you have the right intention from the start, isn't that the case when you're, for example, just take the simple transaction of recommendation. Uh, you're recommending my book. You just gave a disclaimer. Hey, there was no intention, ill intention. I'm actually just came organically. That was intention. That's actually more powerful of a wave, of a thought, of a feeling. And if you think of that in how we, the, the example of Jack, his intention was just good. He just wanted to surf more, right? And so when often we've been involved, and I think you and I have talked about this, that we've been involved in projects where people have uh, questionable intention, um, it completely goes the other direction. It becomes like almost a black hole. It's sucking the other direction. So just, it's actually, it's very subtle. I, I think intention is like more powerful than people really understand. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a great way to end today as well. I must say that... Um, I love this idea of the author being present and it's, uh, you know, um, I'm going to give it a lot of thought in terms of what June looks like in July and August. And, um, but this is, this is powerful. You know, this today was, today was powerful. Um, I learned a lot. Um, the POAP is live right now. It should be. Um, it is, uh, I, I had a beautiful one that I created with, with waves and everything, but don't worry because for the rest of the the month there will be ground swellian uh, uh, images, but today I had to just do one that was uh, that was Star Wars related. Uh, so go ahead and pick up your Poap. Uh, if you don't have Poap.xyz, download the app. 
Um, and um, and the secret word uh, or phrase is "I am your father." Um, we certainly had conversations about that today. So, Scott, thank you for joining us, and uh, you know, um, feel free to uh, bring a crowd next week. Um, we'll keep building. I, funnily enough, talking about intention, um, I set a goal. I think uh, in April we were going to like hit twenty people in one session, and we fell short of it. And we're like, okay, well, we tried. It didn't work. We'll try again. We'll try something different. We'll see what happens. I have a feeling, just based on uh, organically, how many people just even came in today. <clears throat> many regulars, but I'm sure we'll, we'll attract. Um, more people as well and that's great you know it's again a very natural way right uh, achieving uncommon results using common sense um, I will leave you with a thought which is which is um, I've mentioned this like many times but once <clears throat> someone who was recruiting for Unilever back when I was at college uh, their quote was marketing is common sense but how many of us have common sense uh, so common sense is not as common as you may think um, so just a thought to take away. So have an amazing day, everybody. May the 4th be with you. Uh, please remember that uh, next Wednesday, May 10th, uh, the launch of Alpha Collective in New York City and would love for you to spread the word. Uh, if you're local, come and attend. Uh, full members, by the way, Dan, if you feel like flying in, uh, full members will be taken out to dinner. Um, so already, Brucey as well, so already there are benefits to members. We will keep surprising and delighting our members. We'll just keep adding, 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 adding. It's a different kind of a roadmap. Instead of putting everything out at, at once, um, we're going to use the principles of uh, mass customization, personalization, surprise and delight. So any full members will come out to dinner with our speakers uh, next week. And, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, full members will have the opportunity to have their, you know, those that, that have written books will have the opportunity um, to do things within the collective cafe. This only comes from the ability to just do it with a pure intention, pure intention as in doing the right thing, helping people, um, and then trying to figure out <laughs> if there's a if there's a there there on the back end. So have an amazing day, everyone. And uh, pick up the poem, and I will see you all tomorrow. It's No Agenda Friday, um, so come with your No Agendas. And uh, free flow, everyone who wants to come on stage tomorrow can come on stage. Um, in fact, always anyone can come on stage. Um, and we'll continue the conversation. Bye, everyone. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.